Grand Sounds. Music. Brands. Hi, this is John Groves for Brand Sounds. And I'm continuing the series where I talk to Smudo from the Fantastischem Vier, Germany's top hip-hop band. This time, I'm asking the question, why the Fantastischem Vier? Why did O2 choose them? This was my first question. <clears throat> um, we're doing... The first album we, uh, uh, we released was 1991. It's 2006 now, so it's, it's over 15 years. Um, and we always had uh, the luck to attract uh, more or less the young audience. And that's, it's not only teenagers when I mean young, I said, well, it's like 18 to 25. And, um, and if you attract this audience from the early 90s up to, to now, to the present, um, you, you have a huge, huge audience because the younger, like from the 90s, they have grown with you. They're now in the middle of their 30s. And it's also 19 or 20-year-old uh, people in the audience who like what, what we do. So we have a broad, a broad audience of a lot of people who like what we do and uh, who maybe would like recommendations from us. And this is, this is the basic thing for sponsors to work with us. And this is something that, that uh, happened to us being attractive to sponsors three, four, maximum five years ago. Because when we were trying to get sponsors for our shows and tours uh, in the end of the 90s, it was hard. Um, we, the audience maybe was not big enough, we're not appealing to, to a certain mass, and plus um, music maybe was not so much of an image factor like it is today. I don't know. Um, but uh, this is this is one of one of the key factors. I read an article somewhere in the World of Music magazine. I guess an article about that the real big money comes to the to the musicians when they fifties or upwards, and then they were trying, and then they were talking about the bills of of, of, of Elton John and all the Paul McCartney's and whoever. It is because they they attract a huge amount of people and also a huge amount of people who do have a purse, a big purse, and want to spend money. And the teenager, we all were 15, we, we know that we're trying to get everything but don't spend money. I know, you know, we were asking people for cigarettes, we were you know, trying, we, we, trying to, to we stealing CDs or whatever and all the, money, all the money I put aside was to have well, a small pack of marijuana maybe to the cinema. Everything else I was trying to copy or get from somewhere. A teenager is not a good customer. And I don't think it's, it's, it's wise to have a business based on teenagers as, as my main customer. I think people who are who are oriented, or orientated already, already uh, a fixed, have a fixed position in the market and know what they like and, 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 and know um, where they look for their entertainment and where to buy it. And they want to buy it. So it's, um, it's always good to attract people who are older than 20. Um, one last point was um, the problems which happened with the mistakes from O2 or the agency or who, whoever they managed to get it on air anyway. What happened after that? These other people you talked about, Martha and the Muffins and the other guys, did anyone try to take anyone to court? Or, I mean, you, you, said, you, you said you have to give some money back or, or something. What was, what was the story there? Uh, oh, that, that was, it was really strange. But uh, fortunately, uh, it was one main publisher that was involved. It was EMI Publishing here in Hamburg. EMI Publishing is also handling the rights with Martha and the Muffins because uh, they are with an EMI partner in the States. And it has been all been handled by EMI in London, so um, it was it was a short way. And on top of that, uh, in Martha and the Muffins also, I think, 
are fine to get some money. But um, and uh, and the EMI office here in Hamburg was able to uh, um, to keep everybody down and calm and say, "Hey, we're trying to do this." And uh, but we actually had to um, had to 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 sign a pay, like a payback thing with with our two. I'm not familiar with the English vocabulary, but basically, part of the money we had. Um, re was refunded into the project, which is totally fine because uh, if you have just for the rights to air a spot like this, even it's it, it was uh, it was aired a zillion times during the championship, it was small compared to what we get for the whole thing for a year. So um, we were fine with that. This we said, okay, if this is the money to fix things with O2 and try to be a nice partner and to show everybody we are trying to cooperate here. It's not our, our problem. And um, I think it was EMI was fine. Sony actually bailed out of this for the syncrites. For some reason, I think it was, it, I think it all is really all personal things. You know, there's this, there's this big fat marketing manager guy at O2 and he has a, He has a, a, an outgoing way to deal with people, and he's not used to to to, to deal with all these small right things, copyright things. He doesn't, he doesn't really care. He says, I want to have a song. I want to have an advertisement. And and then on the other side, there is this uh, this old school uh, record company guy at Sony Music, who is trying to to have his company together, which is melting away. And then is this arrogant telecommunications company just taking the music. So they also have a statement here. And this is, I think this is something that uh, they were, had, there was a hard friendship between them. And, and then Sony uh, actually went to court and, uh, and, and was trying to banning this, uh, just put pressure on it, really put pressure on it. And also had to pay a certain amount of money. Uh, which is funny because then they came to us and asked for more payback or more refund. And then we said, do you really want to borrow 100,000 euros from the Fantastic Four so O2 and Sony Music can put the deal down? Don't believe And then the marketing guy said, well, yeah, okay, you're right. I'm trying to fix this internally. But um, uh, there was uh, some, some uh, very loud phone calls and some pranky emails about this. But um, after one week of this testosterone business, They all came down and had a deal, but actually it was something. Just one phone call in front, in, in, before the whole thing, could have settled it all down and could have saved everybody's money. Let me let me ask you a question about this. You know, it was football time. Everyone's watching football. Uh, did this problem arise straight away, or did the record companies and the publishers wait until it was sent rather a long time before dealing with it? Well, we had this call on Friday from O2 uh, saying that they air, that will air these commercials on Monday. And, and that Friday, we were calling the publisher and said, we have a problem. And then they were trying to put it all down. The deal, it took eight weeks or so to, to fix this, but uh, they were involved from the very beginning. It was actually Sony BMG uh, who, who uh, after the championship, jumped out and said, uh, um, I want to have some syncrite money here. And I think they did this because the meeting they had with O2 about future corporations between record companies, telco companies, didn't went really well. And But on the other hand, I think it's also a sign that the record companies don't think in long terms anymore because they can afford it, because they also, they also have no idea. And it's all human beings. It's like an accident. 
It's like the big Titanic was heading straight into the iceberg, but everybody knew it before, and they had the but they didn't do anything. Just for some accident, what accidents do? You know, if you have an accident, you don't crash into the wall with your car. What you do is, it's at night, it's raining, and you forget your seatbelts, and you don't have much time. You're in a hurry, and maybe you had a little wine or so, and then you have the accident. The same with Sony Music and O2. It was an accident. It's it's funny because you think behind the walls of the big companies everything's working clear and clean well it's not at all it's just like it's like under your bedroom bed it's like dusty and you don't have no idea whether something is lying and you forget about things and this is what what, what, the world works like this and it's so strange because that business is exactly the same in everybody's market business and people forget things and and do mistakes and it's such especially if the more interests are involved the more complicated things get the more mistakes tend to happen and the more people are in a company the the less responsibility is taking one of them because if you if you if you find out that there's a mistake will happen you don't really go to your boss if he's an, an arrogant guy i think this happened also to o2 when we talked to the o2 office and said well i think we have a problem with sony music okay are you going to tell my boss or do i have to oh dear but once again the good old music consultant has proved he has a reason for being Thanks for taking the time to listen to Brand Sounds. I hope you liked it. And if you want, take the time to write something in our blog. Maybe you've got some suggestion for topics or some tips on how to do things a bit better or just give us some feedback. You know, this is a lot of fun, but it would be great to know that there's someone out there. So, see you on the next Brand Sounds. Bye. Brand Sounds. Thank you for downloading the Brand Sounds podcast. Visit us on brand-sounds.com